0: Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahirabbil alamin. Wassalatu wassalamu ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. So, uh, we're continuing from uh just continuing along here. So, again recovering the many b- benefits of remembrance by Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah. And uh, the next one that he mentions in his book um, is or the next one that he's mentioning that we're going to cover. So, dhikr or remembrance is a tree which bears the fruit of gnosis and the states for which wayfarers or sadikun strive in fact there is no way to harvest these fruits except from the tree of remembrance the taller this tree grows the deeper are its roots and the larger its fruits okay so let's start Um, remembrance is a tree which bears the fruits of gnosis and the states for which sadikun strive okay so what he's saying is that the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is, uh, it serves as a tree for, for all of us. And that tree then bears fruit. And anytime you have a tree, then you're, in, the reason you grow a tree in general is because you're trying to bear fruit. Um, and he's drawing a parallel between this and the goals or aspirations of the salik, that person who's treading on this path of getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what he's saying is that, it's through dhikr that a person can harvest the fruits of suluk. It's through dhikr that a person can harvest the fruits of suluk. Okay, so in let's take a step back. In suluk, which is the striving along the path of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, every sadiq aims to achieve uh, a, a higher stations in their connection with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. We call that maqam or maqamat. So uh, this is the this is the goal. This is the purpose of even getting on the path of Suluk. that's the primary purpose of suduq, is that I've decided in my life that I want a deeper connection with my Allah. And in order for me to, to get that deeper connection, I'm now going to begin this journey. Right, I'm going to begin this journey. That's the initial, that's the, initial, uh, that's the uh, intention behind a person who decides to begin the path of suduq. Now, as they're on this path of suluq, the expectation is that I'm going to now increase in my connection with Allah and I'm going to reach different level after level after level in my station with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are the maqamat. This is the expectation. And uh, in order to actually reach those stations, what Imam Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah is saying is that the essence of that effort is dhikr. Now, it might seem straightforward, but it's actually not that straightforward. Now, a lot of people. A lot of times, if you look, um, uh, if you look at uh, people that decide that they want to become closer to Allah, it's often the result of people around them that they see, and so then they say, okay, you know, these people are connected to Allah, so I now want to be a part of that as well. And part of the reason that they get into it is because of friends. So then they join this group, or they join this cult, or they join this, you know, uh, this, you know, quote-unquote, exclusive. Uh, you know, a group that can get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and no one else can and this is the way kind of a thing. Um, and so by that, then they begin to think that, okay, so then in that case, maybe it's the clothes that I wear that will draw me closer to Allah. Or maybe it's the way that I walk or the way that I talk or the people that I hang out with. Uh, but that's not the case. The essence of Suduq, the essence of becoming closer to Allah is dhikr and nothing else. That's the power lies in dhikr. It doesn't lie in just association or a mere lip service or, uh, uh, or something else along those lines. It lies in dhikr. The, more, the deeper a person digs into their dhikr, the higher they get in their maqam. If you think that by associating with a certain group of people or by claiming that I, or, or by this quote-unquote title, or because I've connected to a particular sheikh that all of a sudden now I'm going to start, you know, elevating in my ranks before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you're misled. Right, that's deception. The reality is that if you want to, yeah, those things are important in terms of good company and these things are very important. We're not negating that. But the essence of suluk is dhikr. And if a person wants to bear the fruits of suluq, which means the different stations they're trying to achieve, then they have to hone in on their dhikr and make dhikr their priority. Um, there's a few. Uh, there's another point to take from this. Uh, he says, in fact, there is no way to harvest these fruits, meaning the fruits of, 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 of Gnosis or you know, the Gnostics like the Arifin. Uh, the, the only way to harvest this is through the tree of remembrance. And what, uh, what we also gain from this is that in general, through history, all of the silsitahs that have worked toward getting people closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the essence of all of these is dhikr. The essence of every single group has a dhikr or uh, or in general. And the intention is that by, or the, the goal is that by engaging myself in dhikr that I'm going to become closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, so this is the means. And it's important for us to note, right? Because, you know, there are people in this gathering who are on various stages of the journey. Maybe you're just starting or maybe, you know, you're just exploring or maybe you've been connected for some time now or maybe you've been connected for a long time now. But we, this is very, it's a very tricky situation because oftentimes we think that it's, you know, it's some, there's some outer aspect to this, but really the, the dhikr is, is what's, what it, what's at the core, right? Um, if you know, A lot of times we say stagnant in our dhikr. You know, we're very good when it comes to uh, interacting with the sheikh, or we're very good when it comes to coming to gatherings, or we're very good when it comes to other people seeing or thinking that we're, that we're religious or that we're dini none of that stuff actually matters. I mean that stuff's all secondary. You know, really it's about your dhikr. And and what's beautiful is that because it's about your dhikr, no one else can really know about it either. Right? I mean, you know, just because you throw on a certain piece of clothing doesn't all of a sudden make you pious or religious or more connected or, you know, doesn't do anything. But your dhikr does. Now throwing on a piece of clothing, you could have ulterior motives behind this. But sitting in dhikr in isolation by yourself at home at four o'clock in the morning, what motive do you have besides Allah? What motive do you have besides your progression to Allah you you can't have anything yeah i mean if your your dhikr is isolated to public spheres that's different but for most i mean that's not what, that's that's not what he's talking about to be deep in your dhikr it has to be done in public it has to be done in private it has to be in the depths of uh, your own room in the middle of the night it has to be done in the masjid you know when no one's around and then when you dig deep into your dhikr then you're going to begin to see the fruits of the dhikr so don't let anything mis- don't don't let um, don't let the Salikin mislead your Suduk. Right? Don't don't think that the followers are always the ones that are correct. You know, you should always go to the to the core, which is in this case it's dhikr. Um, so, anyways, this is a very important principle for everyone to remember. He says, the taller this tree grows, the deeper are its roots and the larger its fruits. So the larger the tree of dhikr grows, the more you're gonna get from your suduk right the weaker your dhikr is the less you're going to get if you're someone who's struggling with 3 minutes of muraqaba a day then that's what thou comes going to be exactly that you're not going to reap the fruits but if you're someone who can engage in dhikr for extended periods of time then that's exactly what you're going to get you're going to get a deeper permanent connection with allah Remembrance bears the fruit of uh, fruits of all the stations of the way, all the maqamat of the way, from awakening to oneness. Meaning that he's saying that from the beginning to the end of the path, and really there's no end, but the end that's perceivable. The beginning to the end, dhikr is fundamental, right? Like if the awakening, the initial, when I decide that, you know what, I need to change my life and become closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. At, from that moment, dhikr becomes your uh, prescription right and then every single step the more you do the more your tree grows the more fruits you reap the more stations you climb and then you know and then you reach you reach a certain maqam now allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows i mean there really there's no end we can never be prophets so we'll never reach that that maqam but uh, but there's there is some some end right there is some end um and so uh, he says remembrance bears the fruits of all the stations of the way from awakening to oneness from from um uh, to tawheed. And for it underlies each of them and is the firm ground upon which they are built. So each maqam, you can think about it any way you want. You can think about it as your lesson, you can think about it as your lesson number, you can think about it as just your connection with Allah broadly speaking. Um, Wherever station you are in, he says, each of them, uh, sorry, for it under, dhikr, it underlies each of them and is the firm ground upon which they are built. Meaning uh, that your foundation has to be very strong. Uh, In dhikr because otherwise things can collapse very quickly and he's going to highlight this here Just as walls must be built on a foundation before a roof is raised upon them So a servant who fails to wake cannot make the least progress in the stages of the journey Okay, so this applies to the salik it applies generally to believers So let's take a step back for every Muslim there has to be a very firm foundation uh, to, to there has to be a firm foundation in dhikr in general. Because dhikr is a foundation dhikr meaning your your core worship and your connection and communication with Allah, if that's not firm, your foundation is weak and your deen will collapse. And this is what we see very often, right, in, in the greater community. By and large, the vast majority of, of people are not have a very weak foundation. Vast majority of, majority of Muslims have a weak foundation. You know, we uh, think we can save the world, but we don't have uh, connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the base, right? So what happens, someone criticizes you, let's say that you decide that you take on this responsibility that I want to go serve the deen by becoming, you know, the president of my MSA or I want to become the, you know, on the board of the masjid or something like that, right? That's a very, um, uh, that weighty responsibility that, that you have on your shoulders, right? That That's a difficult task that you've now taken on, that's a, that's a major task. now. How, how strong is your foundation? Someone comes and criticizes you, or criticizes the work that you do, or says something against you, and then you just quickly, very quickly crumble, right? On the flip side, if you're someone who, uh, rather than going to that stage, in, in, first you establish your foundation in dhikr and your connection with Allah, and you build that firm connection, and then, you know, you're placed in a position where you have, to, you have some responsibility, then your grounding is solid. It's harder for your foundation to collapse, right? And the attacks can come from many different directions. It could be attacks from within the community. It could be attacks from outside of the community, right? Someone criticizes Islam or criticizes your deen and all of a sudden you're shaking and then you just, you collapse. You collapse, your community collapses, your family collapses and you begin to withdraw, right? As a community, you begin to withdraw. But if the community was built or if the individual is built on a deep connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's very hard for, for that to collapse. You know, it doesn't matter what wind blows, it's not going to be able to take down like a, a very strong structure. But yeah, if you're, if, you, if your deen, your foundation is a twig that in, that's sticking out of the ground, or a very thin branch, and a wind comes and blows, and someone says this, or someone does that, or some difficulty comes your way, you're going to collapse and you're going to fall very hard. It's so hard that you'll begin to question your deen. You'll begin to question Islam, you'll begin to question everything about it. But if your foundation is strong, and and we're going to talk about that like how what what we mean by that if your foundation is strong then the wind can blow but your your grounding is still there maybe your the surface will be scratched a little bit but your grounding is still there so it applies for every believer and this is why you know every human being sorry every believer should have some routine of dhikr in their life it, even if you've dis, even if you don't think that you know you want to take on this path of suduq and become closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, every believer should have at least some routine of dhikr because that's what's going to maintain you when the wind blows. When the wind blows through difficulty that comes your way, when the wind blows through criticism that comes your way, when the wind blows through some other challenge, if you don't have a, a, some routine of dhikr, then, then, then it's all fluff. And fluff just blows away and it disappears very quickly. So this is something that's important for us to know for ourselves and for our communities as well and for our families and the people that we interact with, that everyone should have some routine of dhikr whatever it might be, five minutes of Qur'an, five minutes of istighfar, five minutes of salawat, five minutes of la ilaha illallah but these are the things that I'm doing every day, every morning I'm going to recite this, every evening I'm going to recite this it's kind of like my uh, breakfast and dinner, right, so that I can stay upright I have breakfast and dinner in the same way. My breakfast is uh, these my dinner is these or recitation of Quran. And every human, every believer should have this. Otherwise, it's like going without a meal, your deen collapses very quickly. We see it all around you. So that's for the average believer, right? Have a routine of dhikr. But for the salik in particular, who's actually deciding that you, or may, may, had made a, has made a decision that I want to become closer to Allah, then you don't have an option, right? Then the routine of dhikr is, is, a, is a must. It's a must. And that routine must be stuck to as much as possible. Because it is going to be your foundation. So if you want to have, a, if you want to climb in your uh, status before Allah subhanahu wa taala, you want to elevate in your rank before Allah subhanahu wa taala, dhikr should be your focus. That should be your foundation. Um, you know, a lot of times we see, I see people who, uh, uh, let's say, they decided that you know I want to become closer to Allah subhanahu wa taala, and uh, they start doing the external things before the internal. Right? They start adorning themselves, looking in a, looking a certain way, appearing a certain way. Um, hanging out with people that, you know, associate themselves a certain way, that's all external, right? And then the dhikr comes secondary, The sh- you know, getting deep into the Where It should really be the opposite, that the person begins their dhikr routine and then the external kind of comes as a result if it needs to come in at all. Maybe it doesn't need to come in. You could survive just off of your dhikr as well. Um, so what happens when we take the natural route, which is that, well, I want to look this way. I want to talk this way. I want to hang out with people because this is all external. What happens is that you haven't built your foundation and a year or two goes by and, and you're not going to, you're not going to get anything from the path. You're basically, you're like, I, I just, well, the only thing I've really gotten is that I just look a little different. The people I hang out with are just a little bit different. You're not going to be fulfilled, right? You're not going to be fulfilled. So if you're not fulfilled, what's going to happen? You're going to say, this is actually, this is not cut out for me, or this is, this isn't what I was actually hoping to get, right? So you're still going to have that emptiness two or three or four years later and then you're just going to fall off. And then you're just going to go back to how you were four or five years ago. So uh, keep in mind that the essence of dhikr, the core of dhikr, and if you want to progress along the path of Suduk and deen in general, dhikr should be your focus and everything else comes secondary. If everything else comes secondary, that's no problem. Just as the walls must be built on a foundation before a root is raised upon, Them So a servant who fails to wake cannot make the least progress in the stages of the journey And he's talking about Sayyid, which is the journey to Allah Uh, But he can wake only through a remembrance As we said, heedlessness of Allah, ghafla of Allah Is the heart's sleep, even its death Heedlessness of Allah is the heart's sleep, even its death Look, when you're asleep, you're vulnerable, right? Anything can attack you uh, you know, uh, when you're asleep, something can jump on you. So an animal can attack you. All these things. Your house can catch fire. You might not notice it. When you're awake, things are different, right? So you, the heart that's devoid of zikr, it's uh, it's asleep, and it's very vulnerable. But the heart that's filled with the dhikr and the remembrance of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, it's very powerful. Right? It's very powerful, and and and, and it's less vulnerable. It, it's it's more resistant to attacks. Okay. Good to the next one. Inshallah. What time is the Adan? Professor, you know, forty-two. Okay, so we should we'll be able to complete by the Adan time. Inshallah. Um, okay. Um, next, Dhikr, remembrance is both the source and the basis of intimate friendship with Allah. Dhikr is both the source. And the basis of intimate friendship with Allah, muwala, is intimate friendship. While helessness is the source and the basis for his enmity. Okay. Um, so, dhikr is the source and the basis of our intimate relationship with Allah, muwala, friendship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is something that uh, we often don't think about, right? We think about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as our Lord, and He is. We think about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as our creator, and He is. We think about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as the one who's going to judge us and take us into account, which He is. Uh, but Allah ta'ala is also, for the believers, our wali, and our friend. Not just any friend. You know, a friend like a uh, sadiq um, is like a friend. Uh, or uh, you know, And um, a, a friend who supports you. That's what a wali is. Right? Who pro- supports you or protects you or represents you. That's what a wali is. And it's you know part of part of being Muslim is to actually seek friendship with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, like to think of Allah Taala as that person who has our back, right? And and here he really does, right? So we don't think about it that way, but that's who Allah Taala is. Um, and the people who become the friends of Allah the wali or the awliya of Allah Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran ala inna awliya Allah la khawfun alayhim wa la the people that are the awliya of Allah they are people who know they don't have any fear no reason to worry nothing not in this world not in the hereafter so part of our goal when we are um, uh, as muslims is to establish a friendship with Allah Ta'ala not just any friendship, a very deep and intimate friendship one that uh, we don't have anywhere else but uh, the best friend, our best friend our best friend is Allah so we should make sure that uh, we should make this a priority in our life as well you know, yes, have fear of Allah as well but have a very deep love for Allah Ta'ala I mean ultimately, He didn't need to create you and I right, but He did you know, He didn't need to make us Muslim, but He did you know, and he didn't need to make us people that care about Deen, but some but he did but he but he did. We're here, right? So it behooves us to think about it in that way as well. Like, you know, Allah Ta'ala is actually our friend. He's not just you know, we're not just trying to be we're not just designed to become punished. In fact it's the quite opposite. Um, um so begin to think about your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that way. Like have I thought about my Allah as my friend? Or if I thought about him as just, you know, the being that's going to hold me accountable, alone, right? No, Allah is our friend as well. Um, So, he says, uh, Remembrance is both the source and the basis of intimate friendship with Allah, while heedlessness is the source and the basis for his enmity. So, the way by which a person develops friendship with Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala, the basis of it is going to be the dhikr of Allah, right? You can see so far already, I mean, how in just a session and a half, um how many benefits there are to the dhikr of Allah. Right? In in just, you know, uh, in just in a session and a half, we've talked about how it contributes to so much of our well being, right? And now the way by which a person becomes the friend of Allah ta'ala is also through the dhikr of Allah subhanahu Wa ta'ala. And heedlessness or ghafla of Allah Ta'ala where you're neglecting Allah Ta'ala and not keeping him in mind or not not, not, not deeping, deepening your connection with him is the basis for enmity. Um the servant may thus continue to invoke his Lord until he loves him or to neglect him, Allah Ta'ala, until he, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, is angered and becomes his foe. Um, the worst uh, and, uh, uh, the worst kind of enmity a servant can have from his Lord is to hate his remembrance or to hate someone who remembers him. Okay, so... Um, the more a person calls on Allah the, more Allah, the more that person develops a friendship with Allah and the more Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then loves that person. Um, and the, on the flip side, the more a person neglects Allah, the more Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that becomes the basis for that person's enmity and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala becomes angry with that person. Now, what is a consequence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, becoming angry? You know, it's it's interesting. There's a we talked about this in the last uh, retreat. Um Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran about the munafiqin, in Surah At-Tawbah, يَأْمُرُونَ بِالْمُنْكَرِ the evil الْمَعْرُوفِ وَيَقْبِضُونَ أَيْدِيَهُمْ good and withhold their What happens? Um uh, you know, they forget Allah and uh, Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala forgets them. Right. What's the consequence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgetting you? Right. Allah ta'ala says in the Quran وَلَا تَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ نَسُوا اللَّهَ فَأَنْسَاهُمْ أَنفُسَهُمْ هُمُ الْفَاسِقُونَ Don't become people who forget Allah, who are heedless of Allah, or who neglect Allah. Why? Because He will cause you to forget yourself. Think about that. He will cause you to forget yourself. The pe- when when Allah's anger is now upon you Or you've chosen to forget Allah What Allah will, can do in return He will make you forget yourself What does that mean? That means that you will have no regard for yourself You will have no regard for yourself You will have no regard for your akhirah, Which is really what your well-being is You'll have no regard for should you enter into Jannah You'll have no regard for what your outcome will be on the Day of Judgment You will forget yourself That's the consequence of a person becoming heedless of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, so uh, that's uh, that's very deep. Um, he says, in other words, the initial cause of enmity is the servant's neglect of Allah, and this can persist until he hates even the remembrance of Allah. Look, it's one thing to not engage in the dhikr of Allah Taala; it's another thing to to dislike it or to hate it. Right? and you know, um, and then he says. Um, At that point, um, oh, so he hates even the remembrance of God and hates the one who remembers Allah. At that point, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes him as an enemy. Just as he, ta'ala, takes the one who remembers him as an intimate friend. So, you either, so there are people, there's different levels. You either decide that you love dhikr, you want to engage yourself in dhikr. Maybe dhikr is not for you, but at least you should have a love that, you know what, I should be engaging in more dhikr of Allah. But not a hate toward it, right? Not like, oh, I, I don't want to do that. That's just, what a waste of time. What a waste of time. Sitting for 20 minutes and engaging in Allah's word. What a waste of time. I could be doing something better than that. You know, and then there are people who reach such a point where they begin to hate the people who do dhikr of Allah ta'ala as well. That's a big problem. That's a big problem. And there's hadith about this as well. About about but criticizing those people. I mean criticizing a wali of Allah, who you don't know who the awliya of Allah are. It could be someone in this gathering, we don't know. Criticizing the awliya of Allah is a it's like a it's a it's a death sentence for yourself. You don't ever want to do that. So criticizing the people that engage in the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that becomes uh, you eventually reach that state as well. So if you become heedless of Allah, then the first stage that will occur is that you will Um, Hate to engage in the dhikr of Allah and then eventually you'll reach a point where you'll even want to criticize and hate the people that remember Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala as well, and that's a very difficult dangerous state to be in Okay Okay, remembrance is a curative and a medicine for the heart Shifa al qalb wa dawa'uhu and heedlessness is its illness Therefore, hearts grow ill and their cure and medicine is in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Okay, so Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala, we know, has created us with a physical heart and He's created us with a spiritual heart. And there's a lot of parallels between the two. Meaning that the physical heart is what really keeps our physical body alive. If the heart stops, you're done. If the spiritual heart dies, you're also done spiritually. So uh, Allah Ta'ala has created us in both ways. We could draw a lot of parallels between the two. There are things that will keep this, the physical heart alive. And there are things that harm the physical heart. So what are some things that are good for the physical heart? Um, a regular exercise is good for the physical heart. Uh, it keeps the vessels open. It keeps the heart pumping properly. It protects against a lot of diseases of the heart, physical diseases of the heart. Um, eating you know, vegetables is good for the heart. Uh, these things keep the heart alive. And uh, it, it serves, you could say, as, uh, as, a, as, a, as a medicine for the heart. It's a cure for the heart. Uh, on the flip side heedlessness is the uh, is the illness so there's also illnesses of the physical heart if a person has a uh, you know very high uh, a diet high in sugar and carbs that's very bad for the heart if a person has certain types of cholesterol is very bar- bad for the heart a sedentary lifestyle is very bad for the heart um Uh, you know, if a person has sleep apnea and they don't breathe well at night when they're sleeping, that's very bad for the heart and eventually the heart over time, the physical heart, it becomes weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker, you know, your ejection fraction just goes down and down and down until it's barely just a weak pump or the vessels around the heart become very diseased, right? And then there's not enough blood getting to the heart and that compounds and then eventually it just becomes a very weak pump and then what happens? Some arrhythmia and then you die because it's a very weak pump. The spiritual heart is, a, is 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 very similar in that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has created us. We all have a spiritual heart, and the uh, there are things that can benefit it. There are things that can harm it. There are things that can keep the heart alive, right? Like exercise keeps the physical heart alive, and uh, a good diet keeps a regular keeps a physical heart alive. In the same way, the one thing that keeps the physical the spiritual heart alive, and healthy, and and, and even serves as a cure is the dhikr of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Right, And this is why Allah Ta'ala even said Ala Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says that Verily in the remembrance of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala Do hearts find peace and contentment, right? Spiritual heart, right? It's healthy for the spiritual heart Heedlessness and neglect of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala Which then also causes a person to engage in the sin engage in sin, this is very detrimental to the heart, right? We know from hadith that Prophet ﷺ said that every time a person does a bad deed, that a black dot ends up on their heart. It's not their physical heart, right? You can open up the chest and the heart will still be red. It's the spiritual heart, a black dot, 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 dot until it reaches a point where the whole heart becomes black, right? And then that becomes the point of no return, right? That becomes a point of no return. So heedlessness of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala causes darkness in the heart. And that's something we should be very mindful of. Al Bayhaqi mentions on the authority, uh, sorry, mentions a reliably transmitted hadith that verily hearts grow ill, and when they remember Allah, Subhanahu wa ta'ala, He cures them and restores their well being. But if they neglect remembrance, they relapse. Again, verily hearts grow ill, and when they remember Allah, so there's this natural tendency for the heart to grow ill, right? Just because of us being human beings, we have to interact with people. We may commit minor sins. We may uh, be in environments at times that we don't want to be in, and the heart becomes dirty, uh, filthy as a result, right? Um, uh, that, that happens. Um, and then when they remember Allah, when a person then turns back and remembers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah ta'ala cures that heart, cures them. Right? He reverses the effects that happened on that heart and restores their well-being. Right, cures the heart and restores its well-being. It kind of brings it back to its natural state. Right, Uh, this can happen even to the physical heart. Actually, you know, you see that if if someone becomes very ill, they develop this very bad cardiomyopathy, and the the heart begins to shrink. But then, but then they can slowly that can actually reverse over time. Or sometimes you can even see if somebody has you know thickening of the blood vessels of the heart, and you tell them that you can't get better, but then they change their diet, they eat healthier, they cut out their sugar, they start exercising, you can actually reverse a lot of the uh, the, the diseases built up in the heart, in, uh, in the vessels of the heart. Um, so in the same way uh, that uh, the heart, as a heart grows ill, when the heart then turns back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He cures them and restores their well-being. But if they neglect remembrance, then they relapse. Then they relapse. So It's important for us as well, that whenever we involve ourselves in sin and we've tainted our hearts and drawn blackness and darkness into our heart, then we should do something good right away. You know, dhikr being the easiest, right? Like because it's so accessible. I think we'll talk about this later. If you, if you commit a sin, you can turn back to Allah and the beauty of dhikr is that you could do it wherever you are. There's no, uh, there's no like restriction right you commit a sin you say istighfar you sit in a few minutes and reflecting upon your state with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala restores that heart right? but the more you, you engage in sin and then sin and sin and, and in between the sins there's like this really drawn out period where we're not engaging in allah's remembrance and that heart is just becoming black and black and black and a black heart it hurts. It hurts emotionally. It hurts physic. It uh, hurts spiritually. It affects your. It affects your salah. It affects your Quran. It affects your relationship with people. It affects your progress in life. You want to keep that heart as pure as possible because that's the core of our. That's that. That's at the core of our essence. Um, okay. So inshallah, we'll stop here, uh, and then we'll continue uh, on with the next session, which will be after Isha, inshallah. So. Uh, we have uh, the Adhan for Asr will be called in about a couple minutes. Uh, bear in mind that the time between the Adhan and Iqamah is very special. It's a time of accepted dua. It's a time where you can uh, engage in the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So take that time wisely, inshallah. After Asr Salah, we'll meet back over here. Uh, we'll do dhikr silently, inshallah. And then we'll have time for personal worship until Maghrib, inshallah. SubhanAllah, bihamdi, subhanAllah, bihamdik. Ashadu wa la ilaha illa anta, astaghfiruka wa